station, your radio station, our radio station, 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo. Sunday Live. Sunday Live on the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Uh, we've been listening to an interview with the co-founder and CEO of Paxful, uh, Ray's Yusuf. He spoke to Fasir Peterson. A lot of people asking for the details. I tell you what, I don't have it at hand at the moment, but I'm going to ask Rachel, uh, who's the producer of the show, to uh, formulate something and put it up on vscfm.ca.za as well as on our Facebook page, inshallah. So, um, yeah, just just watch that probably from tomorrow or so. So, talking about, uh, you, you know, Bitcoin, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a mixed reaction towards this. I'm joined online by Sheikh Ziad Isaacs, who is a consultant and lecturer at IPSA in Islamic finance and banking. He joins us online to sort of just give us the Islamic perspective thereof and also an overview of cybersecurity habits and cryptocurrency with Bitcoin. I've got about eight minutes or so to speak to Sheikh. Sheikh, Salam alaikum and shukran for joining us on Sunday Live. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sheikh, you know, a lot of people, there's, there's just a lot of mixed reactions with regards to, you know, cryptocurrency, bitcoins, etc., etc. Is this permissible? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil anbiya wal mursaleen. Sayyidina wa nabiyina wa maulana Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So there's been much debate on the use of cryptocurrencies such as bitcoin, ethereum as a legitimate form of currency and investment in Islam. However, the Sharia emphasizes on, on real economic activity um, based on physical assets and frowns more upon pure monetary speculation. Um, Islamic scholars around the world have mixed views on the use of this, these uh, digital currencies. And the views, they range with them being permissible to something that requires caution and some of them, you know, outright, pro, uh, outright prohibit um, cryptocurrencies. Mm. And uh, also, I mean, if you look at, um, you know, some people are asking about the RIBA. Yes. So, um, RIBA becomes in, RIBA and cryptocurrency, I think, is two separate issues. Uh, what we need to understand is the fundamentals of, of cryptocurrency, where it's recognized um, generally as a medium of exchange within a community, and it's identified by tokens with digital signatures instead of uh, bank notes or physical coins. Um, so if we talk about RIBA in, uh, and we have um, RIBA in our physical coins or our bank notes, in the same way we would have them in um, cryptocurrency if it's pegged against um, global interest rates, etc. Um, so basically with cryptocurrency, what we need to, to solve or understand is the crypto part. And crypto means basically a puzzle. So like the, the previous uh, presenter with, uh, on, on, in the interview said, that we need to understand what the puzzle is and identify the actual digital signature. That will give us the definition of what underlies or what the underlying asset is of, of the, the currency. Mm. Because somebody also from 0115 says, Bitcoin is, and you were talking about the puzzle story now, uh, just yes. to sort of delve a little bit more deeper onto this particular comment that came through from 0115, where he says that Bitcoin is a pyramid, a, a pyramid scheme. Stay away from it. It's a scam creating money out of thin air with no mineral resources uh, like gold to back it up. It just went from 20,000 Rand to 80,000 Rand last year, last year and has not recovered. It's a huge risk. 
Yeah, I think there, there's a lot of skepticism in the market about um, something new. However, we cannot outright say from an Islamic perspective that it's mm. haram because the legitimacy and sust- uh, sustainability of the currency is like any other currency. Um, so just to, 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 to delve a bit in history, if we look in the 9th century, um, the, the gold dinar and dirham, uh, most Muslims today still think that it was introduced by the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa However, this is incorrect because um, the dinar was actually the, the currency of the Byzantine Empire and, and the dirham was the currency of the Persian Empire, with, and that was pre-Islam. And it was introduced to the Prophet ﷺ and accepted by the Prophet ﷺ as a medium, medium of exchange in our market. You know? And the same in the 10th century after Islam had reached China, uh, the Chinese were using paper money and printing them on uh, papyrus plants. And which came, became chaotic afterwards because there was nothing backing these plants and anyone could basically um, print money, so to speak, because papyrus was, uh, you know, available all, all over the show. So I don't think it's a matter of, um, and I think, again, um, the previous presenter pointed out, there is no get-rich-quick schemes in, in, in the cryptocurrency game as well. Although it's been marketed and punted like that, us as Muslims should take heed of what type of platform, and when I speak about the platform, is basically the system and the mechanism where Bitcoin is being used as a medium of exchange. Mm. You, talked to, you spoke about the legitimacy. Uh, how does one sort of, you know... Um, uh, in terms of research, if, if, if I want to get into something like this, how does one check out, you know, to find out basically the legitimacy of it? So, <coughs> with the fourth uh, industrial revolution, I mean, we'll be living it at the moment. There's a lot of blurs, a lot of gray areas. Um, so it's very difficult for us, especially uh, non-tech-savvy people, um, including myself, uh, to understand the underlying matters of the actual tech. But what we need to understand is, is two things, I think, from an Islamic perspective and how we look at, at these currencies or cryptocurrencies. Um, there's two things that is required or that we should look at. And the first one is uh, a principle called istilah, which means um, social concurrence or mutual agreement. And uh, the second one being a ta'amul, which means an exchange activity. So these two things, for example, when someone offers me something, I have the right to scrutinize, question, um, identify, do my due diligence if the product or the, the, the medium of exchange is worth the value that, or the counter value that I'm exchanging for. Like, for example, before we had currencies, there was the barter trading system, which was accepted across all religions and denominations. Uh, However, people of the time or of the jurisdiction determined the value of the asset or currency, if you wish, that is being traded in the specific community. So we need to look at what is um, concurrent in, in, in the social environment and what is actively exchangeable. Hmm. Sheikh, um, you know, just before we wrap it up, and I'm going to give you about two minutes or so, just to sort of share advice about uh, the do's and don'ts um, should one want to pursue this. Yeah, I think um, the don'ts, I'll start with the don'ts first. Mm. Um, where it is marketed or punted as, you know, invest X amount, 
um, basically the, the get rich uh, quick schemes. It's definitely a don't. We see a button popping up on your screen and invest in Bitcoin or invest in whatever cryptocurrency it may be. Just don't do it. Right. Take the link, check out the, who the, the, the people are dealing with it. And also from an Islamic side, um, there's actually three types of platforms that has a Sharia board, which has looked into the specific platform and has deemed the trade of cryptocurrency on that platform um, permissible. Um, so I think for us as Muslims, it would be an easier option to protect ourselves to invest or participate if we want to participate in cryptocurrency in those who have been approved Sharia compliant by a, you know, a recognized Sharia board. And I can mention the three if you allow or if you, if you want me to online um, to get better insight or oversight of those um, of the halal, the, the, the Sharia compliant deemed um, cryptocurrency platforms. All right. Um, you said you've got to, to, to mention the three? Yes. So the first one is a, a platform called Lumen. It's the largest Sharia-compliant cryptocurrency backed by uh, the project Stellar. And then the second one is One Gram Coin. The third one is X8 Stablecoin, which is a Swiss fintech uh, startup backed by X8, also stands certified by Sharia Review Bureau. And I know personally Sharia Review Bureau, one of my teachers, uh, Sheikh uh, um, Faraz Adam from the UK sits on that board uh, as a researcher as well. Um, so these are uh, quite, you know, these platforms have been scrutinized, have been uh, rigorously um, reviewed. Um, all the constituents of the platforms are known, and there's no ambiguity, ambiguity or over-speculation or gambling that is taking place on these platforms. And for more information on that, they can visit those websites as well. They can just yes. stick it into Google yeah, and just find Lumen, it out. One Gram Coin, and also X8 Stablecoin. You can Google it and you can get yeah. all the information there. I think the Sharia compliant uh, certificate or the scholars who signed it off, uh, you can check their backgrounds and the details online as well. Mm. Sheikh Ziad, uh, Isaacs, I'm going to leave it there. Shukran so much for your time this morning on uh, Voice of the Cape Sunday Live. Assalamu alaikum. Isaac is a consultant and lecturer at Ipsa on Islamic finance and banking. He spoke about basically the permissibility of uh, in a cryptocurrency with Bitcoin and uh, cybersecurity habits and everything else that goes around it. He um, also shared some websites that you can go and check it out. One gram coin, eight stable coin uh, or X uh, stable coin. And then there was another one, Luna. Uh, just go and Google it. Okay, you're going to find all the details around that. This is Sunday Live on the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM this morning.